Here on the ground, change happens fast. Problems feel frequent and urgent. It's loud and anxiety runs high. From a satellite view, the Earth looks the same as it did thousands of years ago. We've been here before. Let's learn from our past and shoot for a better future. Hello and welcome again back to a satellite view, or for the first time, welcome to a satellite view. I'm Todd Mickelson, your host, speaking at you from Thursday, August 17th, 2023, in the space and time continuum. We're going to talk more about what's going to happen in the Republican primaries and the election. You know, people are trying to scare us saying, you know, Trump could become president again. And I don't, I, I don't know why anybody thinks that. You've heard me talk. Well, maybe you haven't. <laughs> but if you've heard me talk either on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, or here on a satellite view, you already know that, you know, I, I, I'm just constantly reminding of the actual facts. We don't need to fall for this fear mongering. Now, we also can't take anything for granted. We have to continue to turn out overwhelmingly in elections. That's what Gen Z has been doing, and they have been saving the world. Election after election after election, we talked on the last episode about the Ohio election that happened last week, and again, just went way, way, way beyond anyone's expectations, because Democrats just are turning out in overwhelming amounts. Republicans know that, and that's why they're trying to suppress the vote. They're, you know, Cheating, cheating, cheating. It's the only way they stand a chance, but I think we're beyond that. Republicans don't even, they, they're doing everything against themselves as well. For instance, Yale University researchers found that registered Republicans had a higher rate of excess deaths than Democrats in the months following when vaccines became available for all adults in April 2021. Reading from the Washington Post here. The study does not directly attribute the deaths to COVID-19, but, you know, yeah. Instead, excess mortality refers to the overall rate of deaths exceeding what would be expected from historical trends. The study examined the deaths of 538,000 people 25 years and older in Florida and Ohio between January 2018 and December 2021. Remember, the vaccines became available in April 2021. Researchers linking them to party registration records. That's the very interesting part of this study. Researchers found the excess death rate for Republicans and Democrats was about the same at the start of the pandemic in March 2020. Both parties experienced a sharp but similar increase in excess deaths the following winter. But after April 2021, the gap in excess death rates emerged with the rate for Republicans 7.7 percent points higher than the rate for Democrats. For Republicans, that translated into a 43% increase in excess deaths. Researchers said the gap in excess death rates was larger in counties with lower vaccination rates. Duh! And noted that the gap was primarily driven by voters in Ohio. The results suggest that differences in vaccination attitudes and the uptake among Republican and Democratic voters may have been factors in the severity. <laughs> you think? So many, 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 many more Republicans died of COVID because of 
They're stupid lies. Why? What, what was the purpose of them being anti-vax in this case? What was the purpose of that? Because it resulted in you killing your own voters. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be laughing at that. It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Donald Trump should be going to prison for his neglect in how he handled that. You know, what if we did an investigation? I think I said this last time. He was saying, he's on tape saying to Bob Woodward in the very beginning of the pandemic, Bob, Robbie, I got to tell you, this is really bad. It's really bad. You can catch this just in the middle of the air. You just breathe it in, you breathe it in, it ruins your lungs. But then publicly, he was saying, you know, there's only 15 American cases, but by next week it'll be zero. It's not coming here. He should... That's a dereliction of duty. That's breaking your, your oath to keep America safe. You're supposed to be president of the United States, you yuts. Anyway. So no, it's a horrible thing, the amount of people who died of COVID. And the way you die of COVID is horrid, horrid. I wish not a single person on earth had to go through that. But because of this silly, stupid, idiotic shenanigans of the right wing, more Republican voters died. Many, many more Republican voters died of COVID than Democratic voters died. And then, talking about Florida, they're even further there. They have leprosy outbreak in Florida and malaria running in Florida. Florida sounds like a hellscape. I know Ron DeSantis is saying, yeah, you, know, you got to ask yourself why so many people are leaving California and, and coming to Florida. I want to make America Florida. Well, he leaves out the fact that 450,000 people fled Florida. They moved away from Florida last year in one year. I know if I lived in Florida, I would have moved. I don't even know if I'm going to vacation down there. I, I mean, I love the Keys. Marathon Key is a great place. I don't know if I even want to go down there anymore. And, you know, can you even go swimming there? The ocean is the temperature of a hot tub. Ron DeSantis's Florida is a hellscape. Now, he was supposed to emerge as their next big hope to get them past Trump and get them back in the White House. I don't think he's going to make it to December. And by the way, more than 50% of Americans think that Donald Trump should suspend his campaign because of this fourth indictment. I think Ron DeSantis is going to suspend his campaign before the end of 2023. I think it might occur sooner than I think. <laughs> you know, they have a debate next Tuesday, less than a week, just a few days from now is their first debate. Uh, Ron DeSantis in a debate? Oh my God, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be the best TV we've seen in a long time. Oh, and Donald Trump's going to have his big, I got a big report. It's a report that's undeniable about the 2020 election. It's going, to be, it's going to be presented by me next Monday night. And his lawyers are trying to say, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. We're, he's going to do this. Let's just 
make sure the camera's not running, okay? Let's get to the cameraman. Let's make it his fault. So normally, they would be going with Mike Pence by now. You know, their, their big argument about Donald Trump's fourth indictment is, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham said, I think that we should let the American people tell us what they think of Donald Trump at the ballot box instead of in, in a court of law that this is atrocious. Well, Americans did show what they think of Donald Trump. Seven million more Americans voted for somebody else in 2020. Trump already lost. And he was a big part of their losing every election and special election ever since. The Democrats are, keep, we're keeping, you know, we got to keep showing up in overwhelming amounts. I'm not saying that we should not be afraid of the possibility of Donald Trump or any Republican taking over the White House. But I'm telling you, no Republican is going to take over the White House. Normally, they would be going with Mike Pence. He was the vice president, and he's a regular conservative a-hole, which is what the moderates want. I still vehemently disagree with conservatives 100%. Conservatives have been the problem in this country since its inception, but If they were going with somebody like Mike Pence and Donald Trump was just out of the way, then, you know, they might have a slight chance in the Electoral College. Still not. Republicans are never going to win the popular election ever again. You know, imagine if Donald Trump was out of the way and they were going with their vice president. Now, they hate their vice president, so Mike Pence can't get up to 1% in the polls. Chris Christie right now is actually beating Ron DeSantis, at least in New Hampshire. And that's because Chris Christie spent a lot of time in New Hampshire speaking sense. Also, New Hampshire is much more moderate. They're less Trumpy up in those parts of the country. But Chris Christie is taking down Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is, you know, he's too afraid to show up at the debate next Tuesday because he's afraid of Chris Christie. So what's going to end up happening? DeSantis, I think, is going to be out of the way. He's already tanking. You know, he kind of had this unbeatable second place spot, being, you know, 10 to 15 points ahead of everybody else except Donald Trump. But now he's going down and down and down in the polls. Mike Pence is not coming up in the polls. I still think Mike Pence thinks that he's got a path. And I think there's some sense to that thinking that he could be the nominee, even still now, could end up being the nominee because of what I just said. You know, he was the vice president. Republicans also hate Chris Christie. They, I, and and they're, I just don't see them tolerating a brown or black or female nominee. Nikki Haley's brown and female. Vivek Ramaswamy is not a serious candidate. I think he might think that he sees a path by becoming vice president for Trump because he's really the only one left who's just blowing smoke up Trump's butt. Everybody else has at least taken a baby step backwards from Trump, except him. He's got a new book out, and he seems like a narcissist. You know, he just wants to be, you know, the guy that everyone, you know, everyone knows and thinks is smart and to talk really fast and. 
I don't, I don't see him being the nominee. I don't think Republicans are going to allow somebody who's not white. So Rick Scott, Rick Scott, I don't know much about him, except that he is horrible at being a candidate. I know he's gotten elected in his state, but being a national candidate, he just looks like an idiot. I don't, I'm sure he's not an idiot, but he sure acts like one on TV. He plays one in the primaries. Uh, you know, so it's really interesting to see what's going to end up happening. I really think Trump is not going to be the nominee. There was another poll, and you know what I think of polls. They're, they're, uh, it, well, anything, any poll that's like this, though, that says 64% of Americans don't want to vote for Trump. If you had an accurate poll where you were including Gen Z, I bet it would be more like 85% of, of Americans don't want to vote for Trump. And same with the 50% think he should suspend his campaign. Again, if you could do a poll that included Gen Z, it would probably be a much higher number. I think that Trump is really, really in for it this time. He can't be pardoned for Georgia. I know some people are talking about, well, he can apply for pardon in the state, but you can't do that until you've been, you've paid your price in jail and then been out of jail for five years. Okay, well, if he pays his full price in jail, five years later is going to be something like the year 2738, because <laughs> he's got hundreds of years of penalties for the now, what is it, 91 charges against him? Each one of those has, you know, anywhere from five to 20 or more years. He was up to like 540 years, but that was before this last indictment. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, uh, it's incredible. I don't think he's going to end up being the nominee. It's just not going to be possible. And I think he's losing his own supporters. Except for the ones who are being thrown in jail, now they're doxing the grand jury. One woman just, all, she made a threat a couple weeks ago. They already, I don't know why she didn't think she was going to get caught. She left a voicemail, a very vulgar, horrible voicemail for the judge. Well, she's already arrested and in jail. How many, how many Republicans are either like being shot by the FBI, like happened last week with that guy who was going to make a stand against the FBI and he was going to assassinate Joe Biden, you know, or, or going to jail. And again, losing voters. These people will go to jail for Trump. I think it's very sad, but these people should not be voting. <laughs> This is what the Founding Fathers, it's part of the reason why they came up with the Electoral College. I very much disagree with the Electoral College, but it's part of the reason why they came up with the Electoral College. I'll explain more about that after we take a short break, which we're overdue for. Here on A Satellite View, I'm Todd Mickelson. We'll be right back.
And we're back on the Satellite View. I should mention, if you like the music that you hear here on the show, go to toddmickelson.com, push the music link, and you can find this music and much more music from back when I used to work in music and record uh, all the sounds, actually. Drums, bass, guitars, keyboards. I get pretty obsessive when I get into something. And I'm a control freak, so... I'm wrong when I think that nobody can play it as well as me, but that's what I still think. I know I'm wrong, but I still think it. I don't know. At least I know I'm wrong. (laughs) I mentioned the Electoral College at the end of the last segment. I'm going to read a little bit from the American Military University website called The Edge, the U-A-M-U Edge, American Military University Edge. Two things are known for certain following the 2020 presidential election. One is that former President Donald Trump lost in the most secure election in history. The other is that nearly every state, depending on its political leadership, has pushed to make voting either easier or harder for its citizens. Now, of course, I I mentioned that uh, Republicans are trying to cheat. So there is no shortage of bills before the legislatures in various states to make it harder for some people to vote. As of May 28th, according to CNN Politics, some 14 states had enacted 22 new laws, making it harder for some people to vote. According to the Brennan Center for Justice, some 61 bills were moving through the legislative process in 18 states to curtail the number of legal voters. In all, lawmakers have introduced at least 389 restrictive bills in 48 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. Now, what does not seem to get as much press attention is that 880 bills have been introduced in 49 states that propose expanding the rights of voters. The Brennan Center reported 28 bills have already been signed into law in 14 states, with some 115 moving through the process in 25 states. So red states are trying to make it harder to vote. Blue states are trying to make it easier to vote. The Republicans said out loud into a microphone back in 1980 that we don't want everybody to vote. We want as few people to vote as possible because we know that if everybody were to vote in the United States, the Republicans could never win an election again. That was in 1980. They actually believed that for a good 10 years before that. And that's why they've been cheating ever since. Now, I mentioned that so many voters are off the voting rolls because they've either died or gone to jail because they believed the anti-vax BS that Republicans put up, so they didn't get vaccinated, so they died of COVID, or they're willing to go to jail because they're in love with Donald Trump. New Yorkers have known Donald Trump to be an idiot, moron, mobster along with Rudy Giuliani, for decades. So the founding fathers, now the Electoral College goes back to Roman times. And the founding fathers realized, now first of all, in in the United States, the brand spanking new United States, there was only 13 states. News didn't get around that much. A lot of Americans who didn't know who, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson was. They had never gotten to see what George Washington looked like. They certainly don't know what these guys have to say or what they think. A lot of Americans didn't even know that they were, you know, the president or the vice president or whatever they were at the time. 
how can these people have a valuable vote? There's, you know, our education system hadn't even began. A lot of people couldn't read. So the founding fathers were kind of like, you know, we got this. We're, you know, we, we've already been doing this. We've kind of appointed ourselves in a lot of ways. So the final vote should go, you know, there was a, they, they fought over whether Congress should just appoint and vote on a president or if they should let the people vote. There was enough of an argument that they came up with the Electoral College. It's like, okay, the people can vote, but we have electors in each of the 13 states. And they actually make the final decisions. We're not counting the amount of people who voted for the president. We're counting the amount of electors in that state. You, you probably heard that Thomas Jefferson said, we can't really have a successful democracy or even democratic republic unless the people are well-educated. And he was a big part of making sure that we got public education up and running in this country because we realized that people had to be educated. Now, you know, I remember John F. Kennedy saying, you know, the, the problems with uh, uh, democracy, you know, I mean, it, it, it comes down to that people who don't know what they're doing, you know, they have to have a vote and they're not helping the system. It's really hard to argue against that kind of mentality, especially when you're working, like when I ran for office and then I got to know actual legislators and things like that. And I got to know how things work at the Capitol. You start to realize that, yeah, things would go a lot better if we weren't running campaigns and trying to persuade regular people to vote in a certain direction because it's too ripe for cheating. It's not against the law to just lie when you're campaigning, as the Republicans have been proving for decades and decades and dec yeah, centuries, I would say. They scare people into voting for them because they don't run a campaign for themselves. They run a campaign against the enemies. That's been going on very strongly here for about 30 years. And it does, it's not going well. It's not going well. But now we have a new generation of people who are better educated. I know people, people think, oh, you know, schools aren't as good as they used to be. That's BS. I can't believe how great our school, uh, my daughter's education was elite. Now, there wasn't enough money in the school that she could be in the marching band, which when I was in school, that was my favorite thing to do, which kind of shows you the difference between the actual education and just the fun parts. I think I probably would have dropped out of school if it wasn't for marching band. My education is basically self-education after school. <laughs> I wasn't the greatest student. I mean, a lot of my teachers loved me, but they could see that it, the education wasn't working out for me. They've started to put a lot of thought into that back when I was a kid. And over the decades, by the time my daughter went to school, I am nothing but impressed with the quality of our public education. I'm bummed out that she can't be in marching band or that most kids can't play sports because the school doesn't have equipment. The, you know, your parents have to buy the equipment for you, whether it's hockey or football or whatever it is, soccer, softball. There were kids that just, they couldn't afford to play in the sports. So that's where the funding really disserves the kids. But um, education-wise, Gen Z is much better educated than the boomers. 
And we can see that they are seeing that politics is important and they're playing their part in it. So it's beyond time to open it up and give the power to the people. In gerrymandering, the same thing. You know, the, the amount of votes that go to the Democrats in a state like Wisconsin is something like, I don't know, in the 60s, yet they only have 34 or something like that percent of their legislature is Democrats because of gerrymandering. So the Republicans get way less votes, but they rig it. Yes, they rig it so that they win. Now, I'm not the only one who thinks this about the Electoral College. There have been instances where we've tried to change the Constitution to get rid of the Electoral College. Let's see, the past 200 years, more than 700 proposals have been introduced in Congress to reform or eliminate the Electoral College. There have been more proposals for constitutional amendments on changing the Electoral College than on any other subject. The American Bar Association has criticized the Electoral College as archaic and ambiguous, and its polling showed 69% of lawyers favored abolishing the Electoral College in 1987. Public opinion polls have shown Americans favored abolishing it by majorities of 58% in 1967, went up to 81% in 1968, and 75% in 1981. So we've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, Getting rid of the Electoral College would also open up the possibility, I'm not saying probability, but the possibility for an actual valid third party to run. As it is right now, if you vote for a third party, you're not helping that third party because there's absolutely no way they can win. Uh, Ross Perot won 19% of the popular vote nationwide in 1992. He did not win a single electoral vote because he wasn't particularly strong in any one state. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, in 1912, started his own party. He finished a distant second in the electoral and popular votes, taking 88 of the 266 electoral votes. He got some electoral votes because he was very popular in a few states. In 2016, Gary Johnson, the Libertarian Party candidate, qualified for the ballot in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, but also failed to win a single electoral vote. So Ross Perot getting 19% of the popular vote. Well, you know, if you've got three parties going, you know, that's a thing possibly for the distant future in this country. I just don't see it being able to happen because the two parties are so strong right now, so much stronger that it'd be really difficult to get a third party going. But The Republican Party is dying, actually literally, not just from COVID. (laughs) The Republicans are very old people as well. I'm not saying that because I'm happy about it. But the Republican Party is killing itself for many other reasons. They're crazy for supporting Donald Trump the way they are now. And any of them with half a brain in their head knows it. They know that they're doomed. They're absolutely doomed. The party itself, look at all the money. We talked about the money last episode. Go back and listen to that from last week. The Minnesota Republican Party had $54 in its coffers in May. $54, not $54,000, $54. And they had $335 in debt. 
And other states were, you know, none of them were quite that bad, but <laughs> other states, the Republican parties statewide don't have any money. They can't run elections in 2024. They can't support their candidates. They can't pay for data. That's why they're sending people like my wife a letter, vulgarly putting down the Democratic Party and asking her to contribute to the De uh, Republican Party. That's crazy that they sent her that letter. Normally, we have the data on people. The data is out there for the Republicans to see that it would be stupid for them to send my wife that letter. But they don't have the resources to go out there and find it. The Republican Party is dying. The Republican Party may be extinct soon. They are acting like, you know, I hate this imagery, but the, the cornered fox during the fox hunt, the final moments of the fox hunt, I hate that imagery, but that's what they're acting like. They know that they're doomed and they're lashing out in absolute crazy ways because that's what happens right before something or somebody knows that they're about to be extinct. And so then what about raising a third party? I mean, another party is going to have to emerge, it seems like. And that party's not going to have a chance, especially with the Electoral College still being, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe that party will want to get rid of the Electoral College if they emerge. Or maybe the Democrats will get rid of the Electoral College sometime soon here. It's possible. I wanted to talk about so much more, so many more things going on that are just, I'm looking at my list here. Um, so this was more about history, I guess, and, uh, <laughs> and our system than it was about the, uh, the fun day-to-day -day little gossipy things going on. But you can get that somewhere else, right? When you come here... We go way up high, as high as a satellite, and we look back down and we can see back in time and learn from it to make a better future. That's what we do here. We don't need to talk about all of the fun things. <laughs> you know, I didn't really get to, I didn't imitate Trump very much. I didn't, didn't get to it. Didn't get to it. Imitated him way less than we've, has ever been seen on this show. But we've run out of time. I'll be speaking at you next week, and it'll be after the debates. That's going to be incredible. We'll probably talk a lot about that <laughs> next week. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, listening to A Satellite View. I'm your host, Todd Mickelson. We'll speak at you next week. You've been listening to A Satellite View with Todd Mickelson. Go to ToddMickelson.com for links and more information.